going on? G-Man here. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Fun V Tailgate presented by Thunderblogsports.com, a part of the Bullpen Card podcast feed. Matty D and I are back at it. We are previewing college football week 12, the latest rankings in the college football playoff. Spoiler alert, they're not too different from last week, but we talk about why that's a good thing. We look at week 12's semi-packed slate and the most important game, at least on our radar, Lehigh Lafayette game 154. We then go over to NFL week 11. Look at all the major storylines going through it, our Eagles, and if they have a shot at the playoffs, along with a bunch of other teams in the NFL Then we do our cold hard locks. It is the return of them on the podcast. We've skipped them in the last few. It's a ton of fun to record. It is a jam-packed podcast. Really looking forward to hearing what you guys think. But as always, make sure that you go like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Again, search the bullpen card on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter. ThunderBLG is the Handle there, Thunderblock Sports on Instagram and Facebook, just like the website. But enjoy this week's episode, guys. Again, let us know what you think in the comments. Here we go. And we are... Live! Welcome to this week's episode of the Fun V Tailgate, presented by Thunderblogsports.com, a part of the Bullpen Card podcast feed. I, of course, am Jordy Cannell, the G-Man, and joining me this week, as always, is my man, Matty What's up, buddy? I mean, you know, you'd think we'd have a dry conversation this week, because the top 10 teams in the in the college football playoff rankings didn't change. Nope. And yet, First time ever. And yet, it was a great weekend of football, and it's and it's so exciting to talk about, even though there literally is no movement from 1 through 10. Gee, None. I am like, there's a lot going on and like so much to pull apart and dissect um, as we come into kind of a, I'm going to be up front, we talked about this a little bit last week, kind of a warm-up week, if you will, from uh, for, the, for like the next couple weeks worth of games. Obviously, we'll get to the non-warm-up game. We're gonna we're gonna measure it probably closer to the end of our discussion. I won't give it away. The biggest game of the college football season, if you ask me, happening this weekend. Um, but I was so excited to talk about it. Poured myself a little glass of some High West whiskey just to enjoy the burn. It's like the burn of this long season coming on, man. I'm fired up though. It's gonna be. It's it's just college pros, but college. It's been it's been dynamic. Yeah, the college game, and we keep discussing this, it is the top two teams, Clemson and Alabama, then Notre Dame, they're all undefeated. They look like they have, and they absolutely have a very short inside track to the college football playoff. Clemson, basically, they played Duke this week. This is their last regular season game. They've clinched a spot in the ACC championship game to play Pitt which I'll talk about my pit bar experience accidental uh, a little <laughs> bit later. Oh my God. But um, yeah, they played Duke. Assuming they win that they're going to the ACC. They're going to be going to it anyway, but they're going to be at least 11 and one 
because yep. I think they're going to beat South Carolina next week in their rivalry game. And I mean, Alabama, if they, I mean, they play the Citadel this week or not. Um, yeah, they play You're the right. Citadel this You're week. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, for whatever reason, I thought um, Dallas, you might've been playing them. Uh, all the fucking crazy teams. Then they play Auburn and then it's already set for them to play Georgia. Assuming right. they don't get upset in both the Iron Bowl and the big and there, the SEC championship game, they're in. And I mean, it's right. very, the odds of them losing two games. I think I could go out waving a golf club in a, in a rainstorm and have lower odds and have higher odds on getting struck by lightning three times. I said three. Then Alabama losing twice, or not? I'll say that I'll do the opposite. I have a higher, I have higher odds of not getting struck by lightning, waving around a golf club in a thunderstorm, than Alabama losing twice. Yeah, there there we go. go. (laughs) Hey, I'm a a stat major. You know, I'm great with odds. But yeah, I mean, Notre Dame, they're the kind of the wild card because they they're playing Syracuse this week. That's their biggest challenge. They don't have a they don't have a championship game. So assuming they win their last two games, they're in. But right. you know, if they do screw up, they're out. Right, um, right, right. Spot, and that opens up a, thir- a third spot, or I guess a, thir- a third and fourth spot to either the Michigan-Ohio State winner, assuming they win the Big Ten, um, the Pac- or the not Pac-12, the possibly the Pac-12 winner if it's Washington State, but Big 12 winner, if assuming Oklahoma and West Virginia don't lose another game, whoever wins, basically their double showdown. Yeah. Um, I don't. That's not official, right? That they'd be playing in the no. in the Big Twelve Championship. Yeah. Um. That's not official yet. Let me check. Just keep, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm looking, thinking, I'm looking at the standings thinking, now. What about I think Iowa, Oklahoma? What about Iowa State? Iowa State has two losses. Oklahoma okay. has one. If they lost, so if they lose to West Virginia. They lo- and they finish with the same record as Texas. I feel like Texas would get in. They would. You're right. The head to head. So yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. You're right. You're um, right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So I, I don't know about. I guess West Virginia has to beat Oklahoma, but they might be close to getting in. I guess they have two more games. Um, we'll get to the, their one big game this weekend, uh, which is probably sort of the the undercard. Uh, and the the only bit of the undercard is Oklahoma State for hosting West Virginia. Right. Um, right. I mean, you got Boston College, Florida State, uh, but we'll get to the slate. Let's talk about the rankings. We mentioned at the top, the rest of the top 10 unchanged is that for the three undefeateds. Do you think the committee made the right call, Matt? No, I, I think one through five makes a lot of sense to me. Yep. Um, I, I don't know if I like Oklahoma at six. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think... The, I, you, you gave up 47 points. If Oklahoma State had the most first downs in, the, in, this, in this season in a single game against Oklahoma this year and across of all of college Christ. football. So you tell me that, and I'm not – look, Oklahoma State is not a bad program by any means, but they're not, they're not ranked. So when you tell me that, I think, okay, I know LSU has two losses and Oklahoma only has one. But LSU has better wins, and so I personally think Oklahoma should have dropped below LSU. I would have even considered moving Washington, uh, West Virginia excuse me, up ahead of Oklahoma 
And now at this point, Ohio State, look, they can score with anybody, and I agree with that. But uh, I just I struggle mightily with Oklahoma's defense because they're so bad. Um, and by the way, Oklahoma's losses to Texas, West Virginia's losses to Ohio State, I mean, uh, Iowa State. Those are pretty – they're 15th and 16th. So when I look at that, I say, okay, well, their losses are to two pretty similar teams, and Oklahoma doesn't have any defense at all. Like, I could go out there and play quarterback against them and, and score 50 points. I honestly think if they were to play, like, Clemson or Alabama, that they would get – like, 100 points would be on the table for Tua. Like, that's how bad they're – they're, they look terrible. Their defense is pretty terrible. Um. So I don't like I said we've talked a lot about who we still think has a shot, but the more I watch Oklahoma, the more I wonder how the committee in their right mind can put them in the top four. Um, so I don't like that. I I'm still struggling with with Washington State being ahead of West Virginia because I I, I don't know I struggle with that. I, I I like I think you know I I know why they didn't move anybody it makes things a little easier, but I'm I'm hesitating there if you will. Yeah, I think, and I don't want to make this sound like it's an I told you so because I, I really week to week never never truly know what the committee th- is thinking. But I always talk about the pricing in theory that I have, and I think yeah. they're keeping Oklahoma at six so that if, say, Michigan loses somewhere along the line, whether it's you know, um, you know, this week or next week mm-hmm. in their last uh, in their last two games, or Georgia loses to Alabama. Uh, I think they want to have Georgia right there – or not Georgia, uh, Oklahoma right there mm-hmm. just in case something's happening. I agree with you that Washington State, I think, is earning more and more right to move – should earn more and more of a right to move up in the rankings. I think they probably should have been seventh. Um, where to put LSU with two losses? Because it's – what they're saying with that of keeping them at seven in a week where Oklahoma played pretty bad football, Washington State continues to look solid enough and, and show that they at least have – some sort of right more so than the, their conference's champion last year, USC, a two-loss team, does. Um, what shocks me the most, though, Matt, is that they didn't move down in the AP either. And I, I know that that has no weight on the college football playoff, or at least the committee says it doesn't. Um, whereas Washington State moved up two spots, LSU and Ohio State fell a spot. And Ohio State, for all intents and purposes, their offense didn't look great in their win over Michigan State, but their defense was fantastic. They had two safeties. They had a defensive touchdown. I mean, they really, when it looked like Michigan State was knocking on the door, Ohio State decided to turn it on. And, you know, I'm surprised they didn't move up either, Uh, more so than West Virginia because there's the argument that they didn't play a game against an NC State team that still is hanging around there. They're no longer ranked because they lost, but – you know, they, they were getting votes this week um, in the AP poll, at least. Uh, the committee doesn't show us where they are. But, you know, it is con- a little confusing to me, but I kind of get the the pricing in idea of keeping Oklahoma there as a one-loss. Proje- I don't know. They don't want to say, like, projections of a win or anything like that or of a conference championship, but, like, a projected – almost like how Joe Lenardi will have the number one seat of a mid-major conference – in his bracketology brackets he releases. Yeah. It's almost like that idea to me. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I mean, I get, yeah, I'm with you there. Um, I just, yeah, I guess, I guess the thing is like, you're supposed to base it off of, of, of week by week results and not overly yeah. impressed with, I, I know it's a rivalry game. So I guess I'm struggling. Um, 
like I said, I don't, I don't, I easy I don't, over I, hit, I, by Here's the way. what I would tell you though. To me, the one thing I will tell you is the top 10, regardless of your order, to me is correct. Because the only team that really has the opportunity to sneak in there is UCF. Um, and they don't deserve it right now over the teams in front of them because of their strength of schedule. Everybody after UCF, and we'll talk about it, but everybody after UCF, no, none of the 12 through 25 have a chance at making the no. college football playoff. Sadly, so, no. Right. So to me, and I'm not sure UCF does, but to me, 1 through 11 is correct. 12 beyond is – so I think they did a good job there. Um uh, but once again, I guess the hard part is how do you – I know Oklahoma's game was close. LSU had a close game against Arkansas. But how do you – they won. You know, They won, um, period. They won, and, and, and that to me should – that does matter a ton. So you mm-hmm. go and you win. You go and you win games and you're good. So, yeah, I guess the more I talk, talk about it, the more I talk my way into being okay with them staying right where they are. Yeah. Um, it's but- – Sad thing is that this weekend isn't some sort of mega slate of games that they could basically be like, all right, last week there's some, you know, some way we could have leaned. We chose the the more conservative route, but this weekend we'll, we'll open that up. Um, You know, I know, again, I know West Virginia plays Oklahoma state. I know the Notre Dame Syracuse game is going to be pretty huge, Uh, but with games like Alabama and the Citadel Clemson Duke, even Michigan, Indiana, like that's right. Flip that to to add Indiana, and that becomes a much more interesting game. It's a cold mm-hmm. weather game at the Big House. Michigan's off or defense is unreal, and Shea Patterson's looking better and better every week. Right. I know we're we're both big Michigan fans, so the Penn Staters out there, aka Matt's brothers that listen to this podcast, are probably killing themselves right now uh remember the score <laughs> from a couple weeks ago boys but well blow, blow out but whatever <laughs> um yeah i mean there's nothing really a ton else penn state plays uh plays ruckers at ruckers and is a, almost a four touchdown favorite kentucky somehow is a, only a 16 point favorite against middle tennessee i know they're seven and three and the, and the i forget their nickname i almost said the broncos but middle tennessee can put up points but i don't know i i Give more respect to Kentucky's defense. Um, maybe that's why you, you just don't know. I mean, what what else is good on the slate, Matt? Northwestern Minnesota. Well, like, well, actually, there's a game I do want to point out because no one's really, you know, this is a team that we haven't talked about. They had a big win last week. They played mm-hmm. Friday. It's only a nine o'clock game, but I would recommend if if you haven't if you have an easy going Friday evening, you got nothing going on, turn on if you can find it. Boise State versus New Mexico. Oh, so Boise State, Boise State beat Fresno State, who probably actually had it Fresno State before they lost a better, um, a better at a better a better strength of schedule than than UCF did. Um, they came into the game eight and one. They're only lost by seven points at Minnesota in week two, um, but they did fall to, to Boise State twenty four to seventeen. Boise State ranked again. The other reason why you might want to tune in is because Boise State's quarterback is a man by the name of Brett Ripon. This is a guy who's probably going to play on Sundays. Okay. Um, and he's been quite good playing on that blue turf. Now, you don't get to see the blue turf on, on Friday, which might be a good thing because it can be pretty tough on the eyes. But Boise State only has two losses. They lost to Oklahoma State. They also lost to San Diego State in a tight game, 19-13. to 13. But 
then they play, by the way, Utah State to end their season on Thanksgiving, the weekend after Thanksgiving. We just everyone knows about Boise State, right? They're a great story. They've been a mid-major power forever, um, and so it's just a nice game on a Friday if you want to catch it. I, I def, just 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 a thought there, maybe to tune in. They should crush New Mexico's three and seven, but it's nice to see. Yeah. Them. Um, no, that's a really good call. Yeah, just yeah, just, just a, um, interesting game, if you will. Yeah, it's a good game for us Philadelphians to tune into after Jimmy Butler's uh-huh. home debut. Yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk a little bit about that at the end. But yeah, I mean, By just kind way, of rounding out the slate. I scrolled right. to the later games. Um, I mean, you got Georgia, UMass, you get BC, Florida State, where BC's a one point favorite. Oklahoma plays Kansas, which, I mean, in a week where they're kind of wrapping back to the point, a week after they have this game of will they, won't they, and they, you know, pull away at the very end, they now play a Kansas team where they're thirty five and a half point favorites. I mean, I would, I honestly, I would lower my expectations for Oklahoma. If you gave me like a 24 point spread and say, beat this, if you're the committee, like they have to have that sort of thing in the, in the big 12. If they're not looking at how many points they let up, they have to look at in these games against a team like Kansas, who's one and six in the big 12. Like how badly can they beat them? Cause I, I mean, I don't know what they're using as the, the normalizing variable, the Z score, if you will, not to get too statty on you, but I mean, <laughs> looking at the rest of the fucking slate here, Matt, you got LSU versus Rice, UCF, Cincinnati, which uh, some people game. are picking. Yeah, some people are that's, picking the Knights to lose. That's game then, day. Is that game day? Yes, it is. First time ever. Yeah. So, by the way, oh, in Orlando. Yeah, I I appreciate that 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 ESPN's doing that for UCF because, quite frankly, after this. Once again, I, I think the guest picker for them. Do the Jags a have a home game? Will Blake Bortles come down? Ooh, I didn't think of that. There's got to be. Yeah, somebody I mean, they had their bye week two weeks ago. That would have been the perfect yeah. time to do. Um, yeah, but that was obviously uh, LSU Alabama, so I couldn't uh, could not uh, back away from that. Another good one though. We have the the fighting Matty D's of Iowa State going to Texas. Where Iowa State only a two and a half point road dog. Um, I'd like the 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 Longhorns here, but we got to see how they respond after their loss to West Virginia last week, um, or two was it two weeks ago they lost West Virginia. Um, yeah, they didn't lose last week too. I'm, like, I'm, forget, I'm forgetting um, what no, they did last week. No, I'm getting my weekends I, all jumbled up. I, I apologize, uh, Podcast I, Nation. I don't. I don't think they lost last week. No, they have three losses. They lost to Maryland, Oklahoma. No, they did not. Yeah. Okay. And anyway. they, oh, sorry. They, they beat Texas Tech. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. The, actually, uh, a good at Texas yeah, Tech the, too. The, the jacked Cliff Kingsburys. Yes. Um, <laughs> then the final game, though, the slate actually. I'm bummed this isn't at Arizona because that's a much more intriguing game. But Washington State hosting the Wildcats. Yeah, they're only nine and a half point favorites. Yeah, only nine and a half point favorites and over By under sixty two and a half. I feel like not a lot of people know anything about Washington State. Okay, so West uh, West Coast lack of right, bias. Right. So first of all, Mike Leach is the coach of Washington State Cougars. If you don't know Mike Leach, that name rings a bell, and you're like, Matt, what are we talking about? Mike Leach used to go up to coach the Red Raiders. He was there when Michael Crabtree was there, known for an elite air raid offense. So they're very good passing the football. In fact, 
their quarterback, Gardner uh, Minshew, is is a, a, a dark horse uh, Heisman candidate uh, with 3,852 yards, 29 touchdowns this year, having a pretty great year for them. And they actually play a little bit better defense than you would expect from a Mike Leach Pac-12 team. They only give up 22 points, 22 points a game. Um, I just wanted to give a quick preview on just just to note this this defense this this Washington State program is 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 actually pretty good. They're not a fake eight to me at all. Okay. Um, still don't think they're a top five team. But I don't want people to think that they're just there because they've had a, a weak schedule or, or, or an easy opportunity. I mean, they, they've they've beaten a lot of good teams. Um, and the Pac-12 is a lot of parity, parity twelve as they're calling it. They're only lost to a, a USC team at thirty nine to thirty nine to thirty six. They didn't lose to USC, by the way. They might be ranked fourth. I don't know. That's not a bad take. That's I mean, not a bad take. I mean, I mean yeah, ten and zero. It's tough to it's tough to argue where. It's tough to argue them not in the in the right. top three five, or the right. top four. If you're I, I you're an undefeated say, team in a power five conference and you're an undefeated yep. you're there's four undefeated teams, it's hard to not yeah. argue it. Yeah. I mean I mean they they so just I just wanted to bring them up because I, I feel like people are just, you know, when we talk about it, we're like, Oh yeah, Washington State. They play football. <laughs> uh they're quite and the so program. I, and so everyone doesn't buy into the East Coast bias. The chairman of the committee is the athletic director of Oregon, just so everybody right, knows. Right. So it's not like it's not like they're not paying attention to the Pac-12. So there's some reason why the committee is holding a little bit, holding them accountable a little bit more for an Oklahoma for a USC loss than Oklahoma losing or West West Virginia losing, um, or, or I mean Michigan lost to Notre Dame. So that's really the only thing you can <laughs> hang your hat on there. Um, I don't know. It's going to be really interesting seeing how the like this week. Like we said, it, it's a weak undercard aside, you know, outside of the comparatively to the other weeks. October really hit us with a lot of haymakers. No, that's yeah. right. Rivalry week next week, conference championship week in two weeks. Um, so we're really getting into kind of the 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 end of this all where you're you don't get a ton of channel flipping, you get a lot of weird lines, almost like a week two schedule. Yeah. Um, by the way, yeah, I want to know. I want to know two two other games we just we, we talked about a little bit. Well, by the way, Northwest Northwestern versus Michigan, Min, I mean, Minnesota. Minnesota is a one point favorite, and Northwestern they need to win this game. Um, Clayton Thorson and crew need need to come through against an under. To me, I know they're two and five. Minnesota's I, I think they're an underrated team a little bit. I don't think they're an easy out by anyone. DJ Flex been done very well for them in two yeah, years. Yeah, still a growing like record. Their record doesn't show it, but he's really – that culture is really starting to take root. And yeah, yeah. I, mean, I watched it out way, from Minnesota in a couple of years. Yeah, no, that wasn't the game I was thinking of. Also thinking Kentucky, bad bad loss to Tennessee last week. They can still get to nine wins. They're playing uh, Middle Tennessee and then Louisville. But um, I wanted to bring up two other games. One it is a game that everyone expects to be a blowout, but it's one you need to at least read the box score of. And it is Alabama and the Citadel. And okay. here's why. Tua might not Break play. Break it down for me. Well, Tua might not play. That's true. That's very true. And Jalen Hurts is coming off of a, a, a surgery. And so the quarterback situation up in the air, Tua, if you didn't know, last week, guys, got, got dinged up pretty significantly in that game. Um, he, he managed to get through it and still played really, really well. They're going to win this game, but it's important moving forward with, with, with the Iron Bowl coming up and then Georgia – 
that Tua is healthy for those games. So it might be opportunity. Nick Saban may have to sit his superstar quarterback down and say, hey, look, I know you want the Heisman, but we may not play you this week. Um, just just monitor that. Um, could be interesting if it's – I believe the third stringer is – I think it's Matt Jones. He has a third string QB. Um, Does Greg game? McElroy still have a year left? I was, they... I, was, I was literally about to say that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> Um, Some booster, just go, go, uh, get after it. Yeah, go, go, uh, right. help out there. Like, we're not, right. we're not saying any, uh, any illegal words. Just, just provide some guidance. <laughs> the other game that I think is, is, is a potential trap game. We talked about Michigan, Indiana, but Ohio State is only a fourteen-point favorite, my friend. Yeah. over Maryland on the road. So we've seen this a couple times. The last game before the Michigan game, Ohio State goes on the road. I thought it would have been Michigan State that would have been this scenario. And I think because it was a interesting, they, they, the score was a lot closer than it ended up looking by the end of that game. They were right. over Michigan state. Remember three, I think it was three years ago, Ohio state loses to Michigan state in a game. They were supposed to win Ezekiel Elliott. Did, didn't he not play? Cause he had some sort of like, he mouthed off to somebody. To yeah, I think or actually, yeah. I think you're correct. Remember the, remember he, then he went to the media and was like, yeah, these guys are idiots. And then Michigan State ends winning the Big Ten and getting smacked by Alabama in the playoff. But I don't. That's a really good call, Matt, of watching out for this game. Because remember, Texas went up there, and this is a Texas team that can throw points up. They can shut teams down when they want to, and they got embarrassed by Maryland in mm-hmm, Week One. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's not a bad call at all because Ohio State might be looking ahead to this game thinking we got stuck staying at 10. Nobody's believing. Everybody's now thinking Jim Harbaugh's the next coming. They're really buying into it. And Urban's probably feeding that in the locker room. And they might look over this Terps team that has come through a lot of adversity this year. Right. And, I mean, if you would have told me when we were talking about everything in the Big Ten when we did our preview in August that Maryland would be sitting at 5-5, five and five, I would believe that Ohio State be nine and one. I believe they'd be ten and zero. Right. Yeah. I would not believe for a second that Maryland would have three wins. I would have thought they their only win would be against Rutgers right. in the Big Ten at least. And they have three. They have three Big Ten wins. They're three and four. Yeah. I'm with you there. Um, but let's really move on though. I mean, I don't. I, I hopefully. We, I mean, is there anything else we need to touch on? Let me know. But I'd like to move on to the biggest game of the weekend. The biggest game. Biggest game. 154th, excuse me. I was about to say, you you forgot we went to Yankee Stadium. Jesus Christ. 154th meeting between our Lehigh Mountain Hawks and those stupid leopards from Easton. The Pards. The Pards. Lafayette, Lehigh. At Lafayette this year. I know we will be at a a very nice watch party, uh, enjoying ourselves profusely. this is not as... not the greatest Lehigh Loft game. No, um, no, no. <laughs> but we, I think actually, this has been this is the worst that both teams are coming in. In our, this is our now tenth Lehigh Lafayette football game since we started our freshman year in two thousand nine, um, and we've had a good run. Lehigh won all four years we were there. They lost, I think, two in a row, and. I think have rattled off three straight since then. I think we are, 
I think we're seven and two coming into game number 10. Uh, but Lehigh, as you may remember from our updates on this podcast, as well as the Fun V Tailgate blogs, which uh, quick, just as I'm loading up both teams, a quick update on that. I've had, um, you know, different stuff with jobs and uh, some personal stuff going on. So I apologize for not getting the blogs out. Uh, probably will not, full disclosure, get out this week's just for a uh, number of family things I'm that I'm dealing with this week. Uh, so I'll try to get a, an emergency one up on maybe Sunday or Monday of next week, kind of breaking down going into last week of the regular season. But I did want to acknowledge that because I keep mentioning, okay. check out all of our great blogs and uh, due to a number of different things, I haven't had a ton of time to do it. So thank you for understanding everybody. But I do have everything in front of me, Matt, now on both of our squads. And Lehigh, after handedly smacking Sucknell, the Bucknell Bison, <laughs> a couple weeks ago, they got their asses handed to them by Colgate. Who Colgate, for those that don't know, uh, and if you're really not paying attention to FCS football, shame on you. But Colgate is is one of the better teams in the FCS, unlike the FBS, because of the fact that their playoff features so many different teams. Their rankings aren't as cut and dry as undefeated teams are at the top. Colgate is nine and zero, for instance, and in the FCS rankings, they are sitting, I believe, at seventh. Um, yeah, oh, they're so six that, now. Six. They're sixth now. Thank you. But, By the way, just so, just point so everybody, just so everybody knows, like like what we're talking about when we say FCS, North Dakota State. You might know them, maybe a quarterback. You know from North Dakota, number one, Ginger Jesus. All all votes, number one, ten and zero. Anyway, yes. just wanted to throw it out there so everyone was aware. Go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Leon Lafayette. For those that are unaware, you're new to the podcast since last year. The most played and. College football rivalry, game 154, as Matt mentioned, the longest streak. And what we mean by that is it is not the oldest. Harvard deal has Lehigh and Lafayette beat by, I believe it's two years. But Lehigh and Lafayette have missed only one year, and that was the second year that they played each other. They have not missed a year since. Harvard and Yale, as well as a number of different college football rivalries, missed a couple years during World War II. Lehigh and Lafayette, because of the way that Lehigh had their graduation cycles. They actually played a number of times in the forties. So there's a couple of times they played twice a year. One year, they actually played three times. Uh, that's how they've gotten up to 154 games. Cause if you do the math on that, the first game would have been in 1865, which is when Lehigh was founded. Um, and that is not the case, but both teams come in. Lehigh is two and eight overall. They had won their first Patriot league win two weeks ago against Bucknell. Lafayette comes in at two and three. They're three and seven. Uh, they've had a little bit better of a season. Um, they beat, Buc they, but it's worth mentioning. They only beat Bucknell by two points, whereas Lehigh really handed the, the Bison a big time loss. But Lehigh did that at home. Lafayette played Bucknell on the road. Lehigh hosted Colgate last week and lost forty eight to six. Lafayette went to Colgate and lost forty five nothing. Both schools. Also played, uh, oh no, Lehigh did not play Central Connecticut State. I was about to say that, but they, in terms of the other Patriot League opponents, Fordham, Lafayette did beat in the Bronx. Lehigh lost to them at home. Georgetown, Lehigh lost to them in a heartbreaker by six points. Lafayette lost to them by seven points. Um, to give everybody an idea of overall, of overall, just the way these both of these teams operate, not a lot of offense. Lehigh has scored a grand total of 48. 
149 points on the season. Lafayette has lost or has scored 140. Uh, Lee has let up a lot more points at 383, Lafayette at 289. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, it's worth mentioning too, Lafayette is coming off of playing an FBS opponent. They played Army, normally a Patriot League member, but not in football. Uh, which the Leopards were featured on the not top 10 for punting into their own player's head. I don't know if you saw that. Matt. So really, I mean, calling it anyone's game is a bit of an understatement because yeah. both teams show a lot of variability from week to week. They have a ton of offense that they can show. Lehigh, of course, putting up 40 points a couple weeks ago. Um, they have their stud quarterback, Don Bragalone, or uh, running back, excuse me, Don Bragalone, who's been nothing but an offensive machine. Their defense has been up and down. Yep. Uh, Lafayette, I, uh, you know, they can put up points. They have a quarterback, Pat Coley. Um, oh, no, that's, uh, excuse me, he is uh, he plays for a different team. He plays for a certain Blue Hens of the state to our south, the Delaware Blue Hens. Um, sorry, I looking. I'm trying to look for names sorry, on the Sean O'Malley is the starter. It's actually his second, second year. He started as a freshman, he's a sophomore this year. Um, he's in a quarterback, with it, with the right? By the way, just a couple of things <laughs> you, you mentioned. Uh, you mentioned, um, Ragalani. He's really had an off season, the uh, off year this year. He was the offensive Patriot League player of the year. Uh, first He's been team, hurt a little bit this year as well. Yeah. He was a first-team All-American in the FCS last year. Yep. So if he can do something, and this is – he's he's a senior. So is Brad Mays, our QB. So uh, – and by the way, senior receiver Luke Cristiano comes back. He came back for his Colgate. So, so you've got a guy back. You've got three seniors at key positions, a number of seniors across the board. Uh, it's going to be a big they, – they know. They know how important this game is here. Um, by the way, if Lehigh wins, they will join a number of other classes, but most importantly, our own Lehigh graduation class of 2013. 2012 was the same way of going 4-0 against Lafayette. Yep. Yep. Uh, I believe it was since the late 90s. Classes, I believe it was the class of 98. And since then, there's been, no, no, I 90, think, 99. 2000, 2001, yeah. 2002, 12, and 13. I've got them in front of me here. So, yeah. We're, do, do, do you know what the rivalry stands at, by the way? I just found I this out. I think Lafayette still holds the overall. I'm going to pull it up. Uh, I was trying they to look at num- the, the no. numbers. 78-70 Leopard lead. But here, let's talk about a couple of important things. First of all, Andy Cohen is, is um, uh, 8 of 10. There was last so he's eight and four really? overall, but eight of the last ten games he has won, which has been big. Yes. On top of that, since this is the hard part, since the like the nineteen like yeah, nineteen fifty, we're 43, 23 and two. So early years dominated by Lafayette. We have won sixteen of the last twenty-four meetings. So, yeah, if you go on the Wikipedia page, it's divided into two columns. The first 77 and one, where there's a lot of Lafayette maroon. Uh, the yeah. right side, there is still a good amount of Lafayette maroon, but much more Lehigh Brown. Um, yeah. The crazy thing about the rivalry is it's, there's been a ton of streaks 
of, as you mentioned, the late 90s, our class and the class before us, where there's the five in a row that they rattled off. Lafayette had rattled off four in a row right before that, um, which at that point, just to kind of put in put into per, perspective, the last time a Lehigh class had not beaten Lafayette in a single year, that was the class of 1950. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's been, it's been a while. while. It was a while. Um, Lafayette got close a couple times. They had a couple three in a rows. They had a couple where they won three of four, uh, but no, no four straights until the class of 2008 that oh. could not, that couldn't pull it off. Oh, four, oh, five, oh, six, no, seven all went to the leopards. But, um, yeah, I mean, we've had a nice run, uh, you know, we're good luck and you know, not a big deal. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a big deal for us. I know a lot of people, I got shit from one of my buddies who's a big Virginia tech grad. I told him he should come up in last year. I told him he should come up for the 2019 game and he goes, Oh, I don't, I don't fuck with the FCS is basically what he told me. Um, whatever. Yeah, like he's he never, messing he's, around, but it's, it's, I know, but he's, he needs to party with us. He's see what it's like. Oh yeah. It, 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 but it is something that's on the sports illustrated top 10 things you should do. Uh, especially, I mean, both are interesting experiences. That's probably the best part of it that we, I mean, we've had three different experiences because game 150 was played in New York at Yankee stadium, but at Lehigh, it's more of a traditional tailgate scene. Um, you know, open fields, people there getting there at 6 AM. We did that last year for a 1230 game, uh, Lafayette because of where Lafayette's campus is, it's right in residential Easton. A lot of the tailgating happens on the street. Um, although going on campus to Lafayette's March field is a pretty fun, fun time. I did that while my sister was attending Lafayette. Um, but yeah, it is, um, it's, it's a ton of fun and it's definitely a uh, historic rivalry is just part of the game of football. It outdates the forward pass, the ball, which is the trophy. It, every single game ball is in both schools whoever won the game obviously is athletic department so you can see the old footballs and how they're very different than the current shape of the football uh it, it's pretty it's pretty incredible just seeing this impact that lafayette and lehigh have had on the game of college football and seeing the evolution of the sport that everybody loves so much yeah right um also matt i want to i want to point this out too in 1968, there was a trophy that was called that was created called the All Sports Trophy. I see that. So they, they have it for both men and women. Mm-hmm. For women, Lehigh is currently down, and remember, remember, women were not admitted into Lehigh until the 70s. So there's only been 22 awardings of this trophy. Um, Lehigh is down t- 10 to 12. Okay. But for men, right. Matt, the men, it's a little different. We've tied six times. And I don't know which number makes it sound better for Lehigh, but Lehigh is up 34 to two losses to six ties. Damn. That's yeah. domination. It's Absolute domination. Dominance. I mean, you also got to remember we have the CJ McCollum years for basketball. We have our lacrosse team wrestling. is a wrestling. much, much better wrestling. Well, I don't, I don't think Lafayette has a wrestling. That's true. Softball. Uh, softball, yes. I don't I don't know if Lafayette has wrestling. Okay, maybe they don't then. I don't remember. Um, oh, is that a live bet? Oh, that, why can't I find? 
Oh, it's live. Okay, here we go. I was trying to find the Lee Hailoff numbers for us, and I accidentally hit live because of Tuesday Night in Action. Oh, um, there you go. It's oh, still, still not on. It's still not on my uh, my board yet. But okay, uh, that is um, considering I could bet Lehigh Navy. That's a, a Lehigh game. I'm probably going to bet. Try to get my go. record on. Yeah, try to get my record up from. I think I'm one and two betting the Mountain Hawks. So. Uh, Got to get that up. One was a bad beat, though. It was on Sports Center. Good for us. There you go. Um, I want to also point out as we move, we're going to transition here. We're going to do a little bit of a hard transition. I need to bring it up. Sixers are at halftime with the Magic, my friend. Jimmy Butler only has eight points in the first half, but only shot the ball. I saw three that. Of, he's three of five, though. He's 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 clearly not pressing, which is fine. Um, Joe Joe paces. Up I was about to say we got to mention Joel Embiid has having a dominant night. MVP type season, yep. although his matchup, a former Sixer, Vucevic has 19 points, eight of yeah. 11. Joe, lock it down. Now, I think a lot of that we're not watching, but I'm going to tell you, looking at the plus minus, I think a lot of that came against Muscala and Johnson. Yeah, Mike Muscala, it's worth mentioning, is playing with a mask right now because of that broken nose. He came back the other night, and he actually put up 15 points, which is good for him. Right. Uh, but, yeah, it's tough. I mean, I think it's a little easier to try to get used to shooting that way. I mean, trying to simulate defense in practice or even with you know drills and stuff is, is tough with a mask on. Um, so, well, I mean, I'm really excited for the Butler for Butler to come a little bummed about uh, Dario and, and Rocco having to leave, but I think it adds a lot of dy- of, dy- of a dynamic edge for the Sixers, and I'm I'm pretty excited as to where where it can lead for uh yeah for the boys, right, right. Um, I mean it's it's a big game once again. Uh, it's important we we're a good we're a good team, so we should win. But uh, the home crowd on third on Friday is really going to rev up oh Jimmy. I expect him to come out. Firing. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, so we'll see what happens there. But let's transition. As we transition to a professional team. So let's transition over to, to the professional league, the NFL here. Yep. Um, it's kind of tougher for me to us to talk about this yeah, week. Yeah, week 10, obviously the Eagles lost. Kind of a, a weird week in football just in general. Yeah. You started it off with the Steelers shit-pumping the Panthers. And – you know, it's not even like the Panthers put up bad offensive numbers. Their defense just looks so terrible yeah. against the Steelers. And now with Le'Veon Bell officially not coming back for the season, it looks like they don't even need him. I mean, right. James, Con- except for the fact, is James Conner out of concussion protocol? Do we know? No, I, I haven't heard yet if he's in or out. Yeah. Yeah, so he, I think he went into it after last week, but it was a Thursday game. They have, you're getting a little extra time to kind of get him through all of that. But, you know, I, I think Big Ben's starting to turn it up. Antonio Brown's starting to uh, look like the Antonio Brown that we all know and love. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, their defense, though, holy shit, did they? I mean, and again, the Panthers put up 21 points. Christian McCaffrey had a pretty big night. Cam yeah. Newton didn't look that bad, but the defense no. stepped up when it needed to for the Steelers. And I, I mean, we'll get – I mean, we're talking about Thursday Night Football six yeah. days later, but it's – I mean, that's such a big story of the week because think about this. The Patriots lost. The Falcons lost to the Browns in a real shit pumping. The mm-hmm. Saints really turned it up, and they're all of a sudden looking like 
the the class of the NFC and or a let's just sim it to the to the NFC Championship to get the rematch of Rams Saints. The Rams look solid, but the Seahawks show they still had some fight, even though they're four and five. The Packers look like they might they might completely be back. Um, the Giants won a football game. The Chargers becoming more and more of a uh, secret threat in the AFC. Probably one of the least talked about teams in the NFL. The Redskins, I hate to admit it, it's looking like this is becoming their year for the NFC to just continue the rotation of no back-to-back NFC East championships. (laughs) So weird. Um, It's such a weird trend. Um, And Al Michaels actually pointed out, too, that it's the same as back-to-back Super Bowl champions. So, whoa. There you Um, go. Here's what I will say, though. Let me just quickly – I want to touch quickly on sure. yeah, please. the Redskins. They play the Texans this week. Yes. Texans are as good as you can – as hot as you can be in football with six straight wins. Right? Then they ha- – this is – then they're going to be at Cowboys at Eagles. So you're yeah. going to find out a lot about how real the Redskins and are. And the Jaguars two weeks after that. Coming That's- up at – by the way, at Titans versus Eagles. So when you look at, at, at their remaining schedule, other than the Giants at home, there's no cakewalk here. Not that there That's ever true. is in the NFL. So when I when I see that, I think to myself, okay, this team could theoretically be be they could go zero and three over the next three games. Sure. And so it's uh, a fair argument. They could they could go. I don't think they're going to do this, but they could go one and six to end the year and end up in the seven and nine because of the talent of teams that are going to play. I don't think that's going to happen. I think nine I think and seven, seven is, is a fair is their bet. floor. Right. By the way, if you are a Cowboys or Eagles fan and the Redskins go nine and seven, you're very much so in this divisional race because oh, absolutely. you played that. Well, Eagles playing twice, Cowboys playing once. That's yep. just a huge deal to me. So a big deal. I yeah, I think it, yeah. I, so let me but ask you're you right. this. I was impressed. I, even though it was the Bucks who I think are not that good, it was still an impressive victory last week. Go on. There. So before I ask you the question, the Redskins defense might be one of the more underrated defenses in the mm-hmm. NFL. They showed this. I think it was two weeks ago when they played when they played Atlanta. They've held, I think, three of the top like five or six fantasy uh, running backs: Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey. I forget who the third one is, but they've yeah. held them all to low offensive production days. Mm-hmm. They have mm-hmm. a very solid front. Well, t- they, are, they added Kyle yeah. Dix, right? You know, what? you know, I. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting seeing what they do going forward. Yeah. Deron My question Payne. to you. Oh, go ahead. Go ask, 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 ask. I'm sorry. What's a bigger show me game this week? The Redskins against the Texans or the Bears against the Vikings? Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to tell you of the four teams you just named, this is a big, the biggest weekend this is for is the Bears. Oh, absolutely. So that is the correct answer. Yeah. 100%. Especially by the fact both teams are playing at home. And both mm-hmm. teams are good home teams, but the Bears at home, the way they've been playing, and I know they lost to the Patriots at home too, but they play so well at home that they should take care of business. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's what you need to do if you're the Chicago Bears mm-hmm. because they, they've they played the Packers already at Lambeau. The Packers got to come to Chicago. Packers yeah. are only a game and a half back 
from the Chicago Bears, and they got to show that they have as much bite. I wanted to think uh, mall is mall the right word? As much mall as possible, M A U L, not M A L L, like where the Vikings used to play. I guess technically still do play. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the Bears four and one at, at Soldier Field. I think they need to turn that into just the one of the worst places to play in the NFC, like the Vi- like the Packers do for themselves at Lambeau. Still, I mean, they granted they played at Lambeau last week, but still completely defeated at, on the road are the Green Bay Packers. But the Chicago Bears, if they win, they're two they're two and one in the division. They're seven and three this week. I think you're absolutely right that it is a huge show me week for them. But how about this, man? Well, let me just touch on something real quick. I know that's before. I don't, are we leaving the Bears conversation? Because I got to bring one thing up with the Bears. No, 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 no. You can. I was. I was going to say this. The Bears, third in the NFC in offense in terms of points per game. Okay. That's that's impressive for a team with Mitch Trubisky at quarterback. I know he's young. Um, but let me ask: Who have they beaten? So this is where. No, that's that's the definitely the the reason why Vikings Bears is the answer to the big right. show me game. I mean, I mean they lost they lost to the Packers week one. I know it was an amazing Aaron Rodgers performance, but they lost to the Packers week one. Uh, they lost to the Dolphins. They lost to the Patriots. Those are the three they lost losses. To Brock Osweiler, right? 20, right. 28. By the way, their three losses are close. They're one possession games. They didn't get blown out, but but they beat. I think their highest quality win is this is this is the Seahawks maybe twenty four seventeen week two at home. They, they beat the Cardinals, the Buccaneers, the Jets, the Bills, and the Lions. So five of their six wins are against meh, not going anywhere playoff team, not non-playoff teams. We're going to learn a little bit about the Bears. They play the Vikings. They're going to play the Rams, the Packers, and the Vikings again. So, you know, that's five games uh, out of Can their remaining. how cruel it is to – I don't know if it's cruel to both the Bears and the Lions or just to the Lions – they have to play twice in 11 days. Like what, what is the NFL thinking when they put that schedule? That's pretty tough. I mean, once again, yeah, that's, that's a tough one. Yeah. Play Thanksgiving Uh, for those that that didn't put that two and two together. I guess, I don't know what else you do though. Right. I mean, how do you, it's Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving. They they deal with it. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, you just deal with it, but keep. I'm saying to move the Lions game, and I, again, I get the de- the degrees of freedom to try to schedule it, make everything work. That travel is not unfair for West Coast teams, teams going to London, all that sort of stuff. Um, but I mean, they play only two division games in December. I I just don't I don't know why they why yeah. they did that. Uh-huh. Or put it earlier in the season. Nobody's going to be upset about that. Well, I wish the NFL would take a look because this weekend with the with the college slate, why yeah, not do this a Saturday? Been... Why not do a Saturday? A couple Saturday games. Do Cowboys yeah. Lions on Saturday? You know, um, especially know. since they have the clout to flex the Mexico City game back to LA. Yeah, you could easily say, "All right, we're going to have we're you're playing on Saturday." You could have said that a couple weeks ago when you saw right. where the college football season was going. All right, we're going to move this to Saturday. Yeah, yeah. If somebody's but, really that upset, just make sure it's an area where a college team either isn't in it or it's just not a big college market. Right. Gotcha. No, like I, I like LA. that. I get that. Yeah. 
Um, speaking well, of that LA game, out, by yeah. the way, speaking of that LA game, I, I you, you think it's a huge advantage for the for the um, for the uh, Michigan, uh, not Michigan. Wow, jeez. The LA Rams to go back to LA, somebody's, but somebody's got the, his eye on the Michigan. Uh, well, Michigan. Just, uh, the score just flashed for me, and there, Michigan's yeah. dominating Villanova in college basketball. It's early, but anyway, um, I, I would tell you, I don't think it's that much of an advantage for the Rams because LA no. doesn't have a good. The home, the home field's terrible there for them. It's awful there. Yeah, so we'll see what happens, but um, still a murky playoff field. I mean, teams with legitimate chances. I mean, theoretically, by the way, in the NFC, teams like the Falcons and the Seahawks with their, I mean, are still in technically involved, although if you look at, like, the FBI playoff chances, they're pretty low. But the Cowboys and the Eagles are still very much so in the picture. Packers are in the picture. Um, and so there's a number. It's still a very murky playoff picture. The next three weeks, though, really will thin this out in yeah. this case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the nice thing is, and kind of my point to the, the Bears-Lions argument, is that there's so many teams that have only played two division games, and most teams have played nine games at this point. So, in other words, four of their last seven for a lot of teams are all in division. So the Eagles and the Cowboys are only two games out. The Vikings are a half a game out. The Packers are a game and a half out. I mean, even the Lions, you could – Kind of throw them in. They really they have to run the table. They're not, but they're not completely out of it. But the right. Panthers—they're two games back of the of the Saints. The Falcons are—you know—they're only just looking at just numbers here. They're two games out of a wild card spot, a game and a half out. Um, yeah, I guess uh, they're a game and a half behind Minnesota there. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's not completely it's not done unless you're if you. I think right now, if you have three wins, you're starting to think, all right, do we want to start to, you know, throw, sit some guys and uh, try to get, try to jockey for positioning in the NFL draft. But no, yeah, yeah, yeah I, things have happened. It's November, it's November 14th. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm, we have two mm-hmm. weeks to really see what, you know, really see where teams are in the, in this yeah. jockeying position. Um, because really, once you get into like week thirteen or in week eleven, now that's when you start to really see some of the playoff pictures really not get clear, but it's clear who's in it and who isn't in it. Okay, you know, I get you. I'm with you there, uh, definitely with you there. By the way, uh, before we jump into as we usually as we usually begin to do, walk through the picks. Mm-hmm. The Sixers have retaken the lead, sixty-two. 58. Wilson Chandler buries a three. JJ Redick knocks down a three. All of a sudden, the Sixers back and back up as they try to win on the on the road. I want to keep bringing it up because we're we're Jimmy monitoring. Butler, Jimmy Butler up in the double digit points too. That's that's true. He's got to ten now. Four to six. Hyper efficient. Obviously, the one thing I can't watch here is I'm sure, I'm sure he's bringing an impact. His ability as a wing defender is something else that we're not talking a ton about. And I know that Rock Covington was a great is, is a great defender, and Sarich brought some of that to the table more inside than out. But Butler is is a very tenacious player, and that makes him a very tenacious defender. So interested to see. By the way, while we're talking about him, I like Wilson Chandler. Um, yeah, he's been a, he's been a solid presence. Yeah, for this he's team. A, especially as another guy, six nine, 
big, big, like got that Roco frame, if you will, right? Sure. Big, long defender if he can stay healthy. Still yeah. think, yeah, there's a couple moves that they're going to need to make, but I, but I do like the, um, I do like him in the lineup. Yeah, I mean, Elton Brand said he wants to make a big move, so we'll see what that means. Uh, but I don't know. Obviously, we're, neither of us are watching the game, so I don't know what when Wilson Chandler got these three fouls. He has played significantly less minutes than the rest of the starters. I get that, though. I get that, though. I mean, Mescala's gotten yeah. in. But point yeah. on it is Wilson Chandler's plus 13, Mescala's minus 9, Amir Johnson's minus 6. He comes in for Embiid mm-hmm. usually. Uh, but Embiid tied for the team high in, in minutes right now. Yep, Redick um, just passed. is minus there. one, so it sounds like he's probably playing when some of these other guys are coming in. Yeah, uh, Furkan Fork Forkmots or uh, Corkmots, excuse me, uh, <laughs> tongue tongue twister. There, he uh, he's plus five. He's got five points. You know, he's always quietly in there. Same with Landry Shamit. I'm just gonna say, I mean, I mean, uh, Corkmots is, is is supposed to be that shooter, right? The Turkish product. Want to mm. continue to see him getting the opportunity to take oh, yeah. these shots. Got I want to see yeah. a little bit of that as we move forward. Um, still no TJ tonight, um, but that's all right for now. I, like I said, you're, you you got to give Fultz run, whether it's for this season or for trade reasons. He's yeah, I know we're still I know he's two of two tonight, but still not seeing enough there to make me really excited. Think sure. we are a, a bench guy or two short. Um, maybe so. it's a big. Maybe it's a big with Johnson. I don't know. We'll find out. Remember but, uh, last year though, the Sixers picked up both Marco Bellinelli, Bellinelli and Ursan Ilyasova. So, so, after the trade deadline passed, when they could waive players and and get them. Um, yeah, so it's not it's not nearly over. I mean, it's, obviously it's November and the Sixers have only played 15 games, but it's you know we're still the season. There's plenty of season left. I do want to mention before we we get into NFL picks, just a a halftime score that baffles me, especially because of the fact that Washington Cleveland was 75-52 at halftime. The Boston Celtics are currently leading the Chicago Bulls 51 to 35 at wow. halftime. 35 points from a professional basketball team, Matt. Well, it's good to see a little defense. Um, I mean, still. But that's what you get with this deep – this this is a deep rotation, long, lengthy, defensive-minded Celtics team. I yeah, mean, you think true. about it, really right? I mean, I mean, this is why, regardless of what the Raptors are doing, and I know they have Kawhi Leonard, when you look at the Celtics roster from top to bottom, Coming off the bench, Terry Rozier, Marcus Smart, uh, you know, uh, they are loaded top to bottom. They, they've got 10, yeah. legitimately have 10 plus players that can get significant minutes um, and are good NBA players. And that's that's why, and I know I don't want to get too deep into an, an NBA podcast, but that's why they're still my favorite in the East. Yep. Yeah, hey, well, uh, we have plenty of time to. Well, let's, to but let's open dive in. Let's dive. We'll, let, we'll, we'll talk about that. Third and girl needs to be involved. Obviously, oh, yeah. can't can't have an NBA Please. conversation without without that. But let's dive into some N- N- NFL picks, if you will. I'll let you start us off this week, Thursday night. And so I got good Thursday game night football. Yeah, actually, a really good game. The Packers visiting Seattle. Fun game. Yeah. Is that a cruel? Is that kind of mean to make a team travel up to Seattle for a Thursday night game? 
Well, I mean, if, if anybody if anybody should be doing it, it's either going to be – I would either want Brady or – I think fairness, either Rodgers or Brady should be the two quarterbacks going up there. Um, yeah, maybe it is a little unfair, but then again, I think the Seahawks should have home field advantage. They're two-and-a-half-point favorites, so you can see that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I know you can say what you want about everything that's happened with you know the Seahawks and how it's been a down year for them and, and all that, but I mean – Thursday night football is wacky enough. The 12th man is probably going to come out on a primetime game. Um, I do like the Packers here, though. I think, I mean, the odds are one to one on a two and a half point spread. Mm-hmm. But I, 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 I think the Packers are starting to figure it out. I think they're starting to get it rolling. I, I, I can't, it's hard for me to ever actively root against or bet against, if you will, Aaron Rodgers. So I'm going to follow your lead here yeah. on Thursday night. He also tends to put a show on when he's got the stage, right? Yep. We saw it week one with the Bears. Yeah, um, to say, the guy, by the way, guy literally pulls a Paul Pierce. Yeah. Puts the team on his back. I still think the most important guy in this game, though, is Aaron Jones, the Packers running back. Yeah. Run the man. He is a really good running back. Um yep. And, and the, them trading Ty Montgomery kind of unmurkies that backfield. So it's Jones's job with Williams coming in to help. But give Jones the rock. Seattle does have Bobby Wagner. They are a very good run defense. But give Jones the rock. I'm with you, though. I like the Packers here. Um, I like him outright. Yeah, me too. Me too. I like him outright yeah. as well. That rolls me right into my first Sunday game. Cowboys visiting the Falcons. Mm-hmm. Um, Falcons are three and a half point favorites. Yep. Coming off of an incredibly disappointing loss to the Browns, I would argue a more disappointing loss than than the Eagles' loss, if you will, because yeah. it's it's not a divisional opponent, but but stunning loss, if you will, to the Browns. So um, we didn't really talk about this when we were talking about last week, but when is it time to give the Browns' defense the credit it deserves? Because their defense has been fantastic this year. Mm-hmm. I've been giving him credit all year. I really do think, and even last year to an extent, their defense has got a ton of players on it. No, I'm, I'm a big fan of that defense. Yeah. They've got a good pass rush. Not great yet. Miles Garrett is good, but good pass rush, strong linebacker play, and a really up-and-coming secondary. Mm-hmm. Um, led by the rookie Denzel Ward. Yeah, Denzel Ward's Randall, been fantastic. Our boy, Jabril Peppers, yep. is there. Um no, I know that Browns team is is not. They're no longer an easy out. Like like they're going to no. be a, 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 a this year especially as Baker Mayfield and, and Nick Chubb who had, a, who had a really nice game against the Falcons comes back. Yeah. Um, I actually like the Falcons in this one. I do too. At I think home. the I really know that yeah. I think it's because they're at home. I also like that their offense their their air raid had a down week. Yep. And I think it's just tough, I think, for them to have two bad weeks in a row mm-hmm. where Matt Ryan doesn't have the best week. I, I know the Cowboys defense played really well against the Eagles. Um, I just – I think it's tough for that – for them to string two of those performances in a row for the yep. Cowboys. And sort of the opposite of the, of the Falcons, I think it's it's really hard for them to string two bad performances in a row. So I agree, I, I agree with you. I like the Falcons here. I think three and a half is kind of a respect of Cowboys had a very solid road win last week and the Falcons had a down week, but I like the Falcons at three and a half points. 
Yeah, no, I agree there too. The one thing I would tell you is I think it's going to be high scoring because I think, uh, but the Falcons do get a defensive starter back. Their excellent young middle linebacker, Deion Jones, activated. So he will be returning. Um, I think that's a big deal. And then on, on top of that as well, um, I just I think I think in a shootout, which I do expect this game to become over that's under is forty and a half. You're taking that over. Say that again. The over under is forty and a half. You're going to take the over. I I might consider taking taking the over on that one. Yes, I think it's, I, and right. I think it's Zeke running that's too it. Too short but I think to, take the, to take the under. There you go. There you go. Um, we also for our purposes. I'm pulling for the Falcons here. Um, this is a, as a heart pick. What do you have next on the slate? So the next one I have is the Panthers at the Detroit Lions. Panthers come in as a road favorite at four and a half points. Again, it's it's another one of those where Carolina, I think, is in need of just a big performance from their defense. Mm-hmm. Kind of a, a we want to show that we're still the solid team after getting embarrassed on Thursday night football last week. Um, I know Detroit at home can do some damage. They obviously did against new England earlier this year. Um, but I, I really like Carolina here. I know four and a half on the roads, a lot to take, especially with, you know, it, it, where this could be a high scoring scenario where you get Christian McCaffrey running all over the place, whether he's swinging out and catching passes or just going right up the middle uh, the Lions just taking advantage of what they can do, especially at home. Matthew Stafford in front of that crowd, getting guys like uh, our boy Malcolm Jones Jr. as intern Jari has called him. Um, but <laughs> I was expecting more of a laugh from you there. But I, I do like Carolina at four and a half points. Um, no, I'm with I'm with you. Um, yeah, Lions kind of meh to me, right? Yeah. Stafford is the Stafford is like a young Philip Rivers. Big stack guy early on, you know. Never, I, I don't have anything against the guy, but I, I'm with you. I think the Panthers do win this one. I, I, I like them too. I'd say I'm struggling to say they cover the four points, though. Yeah, that, that's it's tough on the road. More I than know. a field goal and an extra point and a half on top of that gives you pause. You know, I'm sitting but, here. And I'm and I'm, I'm thinking on this game on the road. Panthers coming off that disappointing loss too. And I'm, my, yeah, I'm there's starting a revenge to, factor. Well, I know, but I'm starting. I'm, no, I'm going the other way. I'm starting to lean towards the Lions. You're going to take Lions plus four. Well, here's what I here's my thought on this. Okay, is the, the Panthers? I don't know if they're necessarily as cohesive of a unit. Um, with the amount of personality they have, and that is led by their quarterback. I know how talented right. he is. I'm going to switch. I'm going to take the Lions to upset the Panthers. That's the upset. And I think the Panthers' secondary is a little beat up. Not not very talented to begin with. Um, the Lions have shown they have offensive abilities, regardless right. of the season outcomes. I know Tate's gone, but I, I like the Lions in this game. In an upset on the road, I put my money on the Lions here. All right. That's fair. Home dog. You're Brent Musburger believer. Home dog. You love it. <laughs> yeah, Let's I wanna, go to the wanna, AFC South. Yo, let me introduce this game because I got to talk about this All game, right. okay? Yeah. If you, if you haven't been paying attention, then you have missed Andrew Luck. Yes. He's back in a big way. Right. 
26 touchdowns on a, with a hobbled offense and a not great defense. They are four and five, my friend. Yep. This is what happens when your superstar quarterback gets injured. You play bad teams. Now, they started – this is always as well. They started one and five. They've won three straight, including a great win against the Jaguars. They play a last-place schedule. So – and the rest of the way are divisional opponents for the most part. There's a couple teams here and there. They could legitimately be a playoff team. Yep. I, I, I mean, they'd have to beat the Texans, but they could do it. Um, this Colts team, don't, do not sleep on Andrew Luck and do not sleep on them this week at home against their division rival, Tennessee Titans, who have also been on a pretty good tear. But I am taking the Colts. In the, I'm not even gonna let you, I'll let you get to your speech, but I'm going to let you know I'm very high in the Colts. No, I agree. I'm taking the Colts as well. Um, a big advantage for them, you mentioned the last play schedule. They play yeah. home against the Titans, home against the Dolphins. They have to go to the Jaguars and to the Texans in back-to-back weeks. So a little pause there. Uh, home against both the Cowboys and the Giants before closing out the season in Nashville, which, Matt, that could be – I know they don't flex and have a Sunday night game anymore in Week 17. Um but, or maybe they just didn't do that last year because it was Christmas Eve. But that – or New Year's Eve, excuse me. But that game in Tennessee could be the game of Week 17. Oh, I could not that agree could more. That determining either a playoff spot or depending on how the Texans play, if they come down to earth a little bit, that could be for the division. Right, right. This team has a legitimate opportunity to go 8-8. Eight and eight. Yep. Um Maybe even and that could seven. win the AFC South. It could, it could. As good as the, I know, the Texans have played great, but I just, I just, yeah. I just, you know, when I'm thinking on that, I gotta, I gotta tell you. So, who do you like though? Do you, do you think no, they've I got like, a chance? I like the Colts as well. No, I, I think the Colts have a big week. Uh, I think one and a half. I think it's respect to the Titans who came off. They've had a great, great home winning streak, taking out an Eagles team that you know. We can talk. We can get into them a little bit when we get to them. But they just took out the Patriots. I think it's respect to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the fact that the odds in terms of money line it shows the Titans is only plus one hundred eight. So I think a lot of money is going to the Titans on that hype train. But the Indianapolis Colts are minus one twenty eight, which not the biggest home money line, but it's still you know that's saying that a lot of people are still putting their money on them, but there's still some value. So, right. um, you know, if the, if that line does move a little more, a little away from one and a half, maybe you go, go a little, that the money line will probably go up if it, if the line increases or, but if you get a reverse moval, I mean, Colts keep that, keep an eye on that money line. If I had to get yeah. some uh, gambling advice. Now with you, with you, with you. Um, yeah. Next game here on my schedule, kind of a meaningless game. Buccaneers visiting the giants, a lot of fantasy yeah, well, implications. Could be high scoring. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep it quick. It's an over under fifty two. Both defenses not too great there. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Giants at home. I mean, I know that. I know uh, it's tough for them to really get a lot of things going, but um, you know they showed it against a, a San Francisco team that really used exactly what it needed to use. It used Matt Breida and in. Spade, George Kittle not didn't have the biggest production night in terms of touchdowns and everything, but he still did his job. And the Giants pulled off the victory. But I don't know. I, I 
I'm going to still take them here. I just think the Bucks going on the road is it's a tough, tough order for them to yeah, try to pull I, off, I, uh, pull off that win. I'm going to follow you here. I think Winston may end up in this game for the Bucks. That's how bad yeah. I think it's going to be. Yeah. yeah. Um, huge game. We've already mentioned it once here. Texans visiting the Redskins in the nation's yep. capital. Houston is a three point favorite in the mm-hmm. nation's capital. Um, I mean, I'm. You just talked about how I think the Colts can win the division. This is one of those games they need the Texans to lose. It is hard to win six games in a row, yet and and yet continue with seven. So seven in a row is very difficult to do. Mm-hmm. But I think they get done. They get it done. Seven wins. Ferocious pass rush by the Texans. Okay. You are not remembering J.J. Watt, Jadavian Clowney. Merciless is there. They've got a great – they've got an underrated defense, which makes no sense to me. Honey yeah. Badger, Kareem Jackson. Forget there. about it. Right. Um, with Deshaun Watson and, uh, and Hopkins there, I like the Texans to win and cover that three points. Yeah. Uh, it's tight, yeah. though, man. I, I'm back it's and forth. tight. I, I almost want to go with the Redskins because they've been so good at home. It's and you would have thought – I had the same thought. I forget how many weeks ago it was that they beat Carolina. I had this, this same sort of feeling in this game that a solid defense coming in, but the Redskins can they can explode when when they want to. It's like they have that control on it. But I think this is gonna be a low scoring game. Um, I do think that favors the Redskins, though. I think okay. because of that front four and the or I guess front seven really. They can get guys like Adrian Peterson going. They can get him to be – they can open it up for him a little bit because Jordan Reed, I think he's the X factor in this game. I think Alex Smith will utilize him pretty well. That'll get maybe not a ton of space open for the, for his dynamic wide receiving core, um, including Josh Doxson, who's had a really good couple of weeks. But I, I, I have some sort of feeling that the Redskins get this game done. So I'm going to take okay. them plus three and a half. I like it. I like it. All right. What do you got next on your on your slate? I think there's one more one o'clock game. Yeah, next one I've got here rolling in. Uh, well, I got a couple more one o'clock. Two more one o'clocks. I have. Ah, all right. I, I missed one then. A game that we thought was going to be a heavyweight battle, and that's the Steelers visiting the Jaguars. Jaguars three and six playoff hopes pretty much non-existent. Yeah. I, I like the Steelers five and a half point favorites. I, as good as oh, I think. Five they're and a half. I have it at six. Okay, yeah. I still like it. I still like anyway. it at six. Yeah, yeah I, I like. I like, them I like Emily's as like a ten point favorite. Gotcha. You know no, it's yeah, a no. road game, so that's why it's probably a touch less than a touchdown. Okay. Um, but it's still, uh, yeah. I don't. I mean, the the Jaguars really week in week out they can't seem to get anything solid going. Nope. I know they nope. haven't played at home. In a long time, remember they played the their last quote home game was in London against the that Eagles. Is true. That is true. So we don't know exactly what we'll get coming back to a home crowd, but I I don't know the Steelers rolling out of last week. Big Ben's looking like he's getting it together. We met, I mentioned Antonio Brown, Vance McDonald. We're forgetting to mention him, Matt. He has been maybe the most underrated tight end this year is that safe to say yeah i think part of that's because he splits a little time yeah um but yeah no no, he's he's a playmaker 
the lion's share of catches. I Jesse James you, is more in there to block. No, I know. I would tell you between him and it, because he plays in a bad team, he doesn't get a lot of press. But OJ Howard. Yeah, that's um, a good point. Ooh, actually, now that I'm thinking on it, Eric Ebron has had a great year, too, with the Colts. Yeah, but yeah, you Ebron. are correct, though. He is definitely – It's a good year for tight ends. It is. It is. Not for me, not fantasy-wise, but it's good for teams, um, yeah. regular football-wise. No, I'm with you there. I just think the Steelers have too much right now working. They finally get to remove the Le'Veon Bell cloud as he did not report from their head. Um, yeah. No, that's, that's a big one. Um, yeah. The last 1 o'clock game – is a bitter rivalry game that I have here on my list. It's the Bengals and the Ravens. There is here no go, line. Maddie. I have no line on ESPN currently. That is why I can't find it on my sports book. Uh, and that's why I thought there was one, one game left. But Matt, you mentioned it. It's a bitter rivalry. Mm-hmm. A big showdown. I think, by the way, one of the reasons the line isn't there is because they don't know who's going to play quarterback for the Fal- for the uh, Ravens yet. Yeah. It's a huge deal. Yeah, it's probably – yeah, it'll come out Sunday morning. Yeah, be, that's my expe- – I expect that as well. It'll be like a four-and-a-half point line probably. Mm-hmm. That makes sense to me. Um, but I like the Bengals to win this game. Um, yeah, okay. Both teams in neutral here a little bit, by the way, after really yeah, good it, That's probably the best way to put it, neutral yep. for both of mm-hmm. these teams. I just think the Bengals thought they were going to have this shootout, heavyweight, haymaker throwing game against the Saints. Really got embarrassed at home. I I just think they come out, have a big day against a Ravens team that, you know, if they want to be big scoring, they can. But I mean, like you said, they've been in neutral, kind of in a weird spot. Yeah, uh, so, yeah I like Natty here a lot, and I, I'm going to take them okay. away. Okay, I'm going to go opposite. I like the Ravens in this game, whether it's Flacco okay. uh, or or um, Jackson. They've got a great point point uh, plus minus point wise, very high in that regard. Yeah. Um, I just some reason I think they bounce back. I think the Bengals season is beginning to slip away. AJ Green out still, so I I'm gonna I'm gonna go that in that direction here in this case. Oh. All right. So, going going also, my Ravens. Yep. My woe was I just got saw on the news. Chargers Steelers on December second is now Sunday night football. Good. Rams Bears on December 9th. Ooh, flex. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, big, big we'll flex get news coming out there of the Alford. There you go. We've got three four well, two four o'clock games and then one flexed four o'clock game, although I'm sure now looking back, they they may not have flexed it, but um, Raiders Cardinals meaningless in this case one yeah. and eight two and seven Cardinals at home five and a half point favorites Ravens Raiders Raiders by the way Martavius Bryant Jordy Nelson both listed as potentially not playing this week which leaves a yeah. very thin receiving core even thinner um, I love the Cardinals in this game I ham- I'm hammering the over on them yeah I-, I like them to win against a very depleted and very depleted both physically and emotionally. Raiders team. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I uh, I want to say that both of these teams are just not looking or going in opposite direction or going in the wrong direction. I should say both teams are going pretty far down. But um, yeah, the car. Uh, yeah, I'd like the Cardinals here. The, the there's nothing going right for the Raiders. No. Whereas Arizona has a few things that they can hold their heads high with. The Raiders, Jesus, that's a gong show. The over yeah. under in this game, Matt. Do you know? Do you see what it is? 
40 no, and a half. Ew. Jeez. Well, yeah. I mean. That's embarrassing for an I NFL game. I know. Um, Houston and Washington is 42 and a half, and that's because both teams, as we've mentioned, have solid defenses. Yeah. This is just because both teams have shit offenses. Right. I was going to say this might – honestly, I'm, I, I actually consider this being my uh, my cold hard lock of the week. Um, it's not. We're getting to that. But I just I, that's how bad I think the Raiders are. Um, and by the way, the Cardinals have a better defense than they get credit for. Um, when your offense is that bad, it's kind of hard on your defense. But my lock of the week is coming up. And it is a divisional game, which I'm, and it's, and, and which I'm normally not a big fan of. Not only is it a divisional game, but it's it's it, the home team does not really have a home team in field advantage. But it's the Broncos visiting the Chargers. Um, I like this a lot. Yeah. I like this is a lock. Chargers are only a Not necessarily in the spread because it's a touchdown, right. but – well, Chargers are only a seven and a half point favorite, but I understand that. Once again, divisional game. This is how it looks. Um, I just think the Bronc. I think the Chargers. I actually money on it. I, I, I actually the Chargers second in the AFC behind. If I was like money on it to go to the Super Bowl, Patriots are first because of Brady. Chargers are my second team, even over the Chiefs. As good as Mahomes has been, that's how really? high I am on this chart. Yes. Wow. The team, well, this Chargers team is underrated on both sides of the ball. They have playmakers all over the place. Joey Bosa isn't back. I really like this Chargers team this year as they come in a little under the radar. They may not even get a first round bye. They may be the fifth seed due to the wild card and how that works. But I really like this Chargers team, and that's why I've got them here as a lock. Wow. All right. Go. I like them as a five seed. I think it's one of those ones where – Obviously, they wouldn't be a one or two seed, but have that sort of should have a bye record. Yeah. But Common is a huge wild card favorite. Yeah. Um, really, that the the the, the primetime games, if you will, oh, are yeah. elite this week. Elite yeah. games this week. The one game that I think everyone thought was going to be a little bit better is is at 425, the, show, yep. the showcase game. And it is the Eagles against the Saints in the Superdome. Um, and yet the Eagles at 4-5 and five playing against, say, as hot as you can get Saints team who have, who have won seven straight. They haven't lost since week one against Fitzmagic. The Saints are only an eight-point favorite, Jordan. What does that tell you? I have you? nine and a half on my oh, sportsbook. Oh, moving up. Okay, yeah. that that seems a little People more reasonable. Are hammering New Orleans, man. Okay, okay. Well, a couple things. They're they're not wrong to put their money there because no. New Orleans has been so good, so so good. Here's the thing: teams don't go fifteen and one. No. Okay, they don't go fifteen. Um, it's not a thing they do, and this is the kind of game against a team with Carson Wentz, a quarterback, who was so bad, oh, so bad on Sunday night. I can't – he couldn't complete a simple pass into the – so it wasn't that he couldn't complete a pass because well, he had a great – he couldn't hit a receiver in stride. No, except for Zach Hurts. He hit Zach well, Hurts in stride. He hit – when he hit him, but I'm going to go in front of you, Jordan. He hit him, but Hurts made a ton of really good catches. Like mm-hmm. – he, he underthrew a couple guys. I actually expect Carson to come out firing here. Um, and by the way, 
I love the over in this game. 56 and a half. I would agree I think I think this is a 70-point football game. That I definitely definitely am on board with there. Can I mention something? Okay. There's a little home cooking here. Ooh. From the Eagles. Did you know this? No. Doug Peterson beat Sean Payton at golf. Oh, I did know this. And because of that, he got to pick the uniforms. So the Eagles will be wearing their home green this week. The Saints will go with the white color rush jerseys. Those are good jerseys, though. Yeah. Their white color rush. There's some solid unis. No, I agree. I really like the Saints color rush with the gold trim. I like it a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't I, I don't see a way for the Eagles to win this game. And yet I take the points though. I agree. I don't think they win it, but I'd take the points. Well, another thing too, an offensive lineman here for the Saints. Um Armstead is out for a few weeks. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a deal. That that makes that makes a difference because it's going to be a. This is the kind of game that I think a turnover. Uh, if the Eagles could do some turnovers, get some ter- turnover action, will change change the game a little bit here. Yep, I like. I the agree Eagles with you. Cover, and I'm very close to picking them, just because I think that I think a combination of them being desperate and the Saints, it's just hard to win 50, to go 15 and one. Those two factors to me come into this quite a bit. By the way, the Saints. Have a weird schedule. Did you look at this yet? I haven't. Run, okay. run me through it. Well, let, let's. I, I'm just going to jump to the last three weeks of the season because that's what's important. Okay. The last three weeks, they're, they're in the season. They play at the Panthers. Oh. The Steelers come to town. Oh. And shit. And the then Panthers. they they have the season regular season finale is the Panthers at home. They play the Panthers in three weeks. They play the Panthers. They play that at Carolina's Monday night game. They play them twice in less than two weeks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm. And by the way, if something fluky happens, they could theoretically play them in the first week of the playoffs. So yeah, that's that actually a really good point. Yeah. So could you I, imagine it, that? It, yeah. It's, How yeah boring that would be for a football player. <laughs> oh my god! You're effectively playing like a playoff series against this I team. I know. Ugh. Okay, well, I like so so we're we're both picking the Eagles to cover, and I'll see how my week goes. I may Saturday you may be hearing me scream to the heavens at Leloff about how the Eagles are going to win this game because this is exactly an Eagles thing to do. They yeah. would beat the Saints. Get everyone feed, well, they would beat. Well, they would get Nation, We're going to feed Matty D enough beers that Matt's going to bet his Matt's going to mortgage his future house. Oh. He doesn't even own a house. He's oh. going to have a mortgage already out on the Eagles winning the Super Bowl in, in uh, February. Oh, man. Well, what I'm thinking is this is exactly – Eagles, they would beat the Saints, get all of our hopes back up, and then we, they, they would crush our dreams. But – Oh, yeah. Um, I'm just telling you. Just telling you how I feel. Moving they won on the, the Super Bowl. So now we don't – that's not – it's not even on brand anymore. Okay. Well, maybe for you it's not. So moving on to the <laughs> Sunday night game, the Vikings visit the Bears. It's a great opportunity for us to tune in and see these two teams. Um, Vikings coming off a bye. Bears have had a couple primetime games, but really have kind of been off the radar, I think, for, for a lot yeah. of games. Um, haven't had a lot of big showcase games because of their weaker schedule. Um, I really like the Vikings in this game. 
the upfront. With you. Yeah, so I'm back and forth on this. I think the I think the Bears really have that show me factor that especially when they're at home, they really step up here. And I think that's why it's a two and a half point spread. Um, even though they are favorites, I think it's close. 40 and a, 45 is the over under here, which I think is a very intriguing over under line. Cause it's either going to be Kirk cousins and Trubisky go off Okay. Or one of them has a shit night. Now, the odds of that, of one or the other having a shit night, the odds are more towards Trubisky having a shit night. That said, I'm going to take the Bears because I think with the Vikings' problems with their running back core, okay. I just think the Bears can step up and take advantage yeah. of that. Okay, got to tell you, the Bears have as many offensive weapons as any team. Exactly. They really do. They really Anthony do. Anthony Miller stepped up huge yes. in the absence of, of Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson came back in a big way last week. Yep. They got Trey Burton, who I thought was poised to have a breakout week last week and didn't, but he's still okay. been solid for the so Bears. Jordan he's Howard, Tariq Cohen. I mean, Jordan they, Howard, they, Tariq Cohen. And a creative offensive mind of Matt Nagy. Some reason though, I'm and I'm not a huge. I'm not on the Vikings bandwagon whatsoever. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think I definitely think the Vikings. I, I just have a feeling in this one, the Bears get get a little uh, quote unquote humbled, if you will. But I, I think it's going to be really tight. Um, so I think it's going to okay. be a great, great Sunday night and NFC North matchup. No, I but, absolutely agree yeah. with you there. I was about to ask why are the Vikings ranked below the Bears? I was looking at in division record, not overall record, because uh, the Vikings are o or one o and one, one win and one tie versus the Bears one and one. Uh, but I forgot the Bears had the better overall record, and that's all that matters in the NFL, not yeah. uh, in division record like in college football. I want to watch. Well, wait, Let's wrap it up. That, before we do that, I, I need to update you. It's not a good update. My yeah, I see the score. The Sixers are currently losing. Yeah, but do you see what happened? It's 20 to – it's it, we, we Oh, my God. The fourth quarter scoring. 20 to oh, 5. Oh, no. No, it's not good. Oh, not no. Good. I know. So, anyway, still Luka seven Mitch. minutes left. Seven minutes left. Night. Seven minutes left. Plenty of time. Um, but yeah, Terrence Ross came on and made two threes. Yeah, holy Vucevic shit. made a three. So yeah, anyway. The big I didn't this, really, I haven't paid that much attention to the Orlando Magic this year. I'm really bummed Mo Bamba. Only not getting that much. I get Vukovic oh, having a pretty just, solid season, but Bamba just doesn't have he's not NBA ready yet. He's just too yeah. thin. So he'll get his play. They're they're gonna yeah. Orlando first of all, Orlando has way too many guys in the front court. They desperately need to move. And get some guard play. Yeah. Big time. Um, let's move, yeah. though, to the Shit. showcase yeah. game of the week. Yeah, I think this is one where ESPN probably picked this uh, game for Monday Night Football just because of the Chiefs' rich history with you mm -hmm. know Mexico and playing games down there and, and Tony Gonzalez. Or, yeah. Yeah, Tony Gonzalez. Um, I forgot he uh, – my mind got all jumbled for a second. And then the and then the Rams and and how exciting they can be. Um, but this is one where ESPN, because they've been getting burned, especially compared to Sunday Night Football over the last couple of years, of having 
the lesser of the two matchups, they win this week because this game is going to be fantastic, man. Yeah, I agree. By the way, we've been treated the Rams the last three weeks, Packers, Saints, Seahawks. I mean, they've had a really good couple of games here. Um, this is a huge game to me. It's a bigger game to me for both teams, but I think the I, I think both teams have a lot on the line here in terms of reputation this season. I would agree. I don't think either team is dead in the water. The Chiefs obviously need to win because of the Chargers, but the Chiefs need to prove that the Andy Reid error is is this is this is not the norm. Um, and the Rams need to say, hey, look, I know we lost uh, Cooper Cup. And I know there's some other stuff going on with us, but we can still compete as well. Um, 63 and a half on the over-under. As both defenses have struggled. I still I feel tempted to take the over on that game. I know. I think that's the highest of the – yeah, that is the highest of the week by quite oh, by a far. Saints by equals – I think the next Saints is Eagles, Eagles. Saints, yeah. yeah. Six. No one else is even in the 50. Uh, no, Giants, Bucks. No, Carolina, Detroit. Go. This is a tough game. They give the Rams a three-and-a-half-point favorite. That's what I have. Did that change at all for you? No, I have three-and-a-half, but it is one-to-one, plus 100 okay. uh, to take that. Minus 120 for Chiefs, mm-hmm. plus three-and-a-half, although their money line is plus 145. Rams minus 170 on the money line. Okay. This yeah, is a weird, so this is a tough one. I need man. to see the I, money where the money's moving. Maybe it's just a Monday night game, so people want to wait. But that's kind of a weird movement on mm-hmm. on that. Mm-hmm. What so, are you taking? I'm all over the map, but I got to tell you, Showtime in Hollywood locks it up for me. I like Showtime Mahomes. I like the Chiefs. I like their offense. I think. They outscore and outpace the Rams just enough. I I I like the I like them to obviously cover because they're going to win in my opinion. I like this to be a late field goal game. Whoever has the ball last wins. I think Todd Gurley, who needs twelve yards to be over a thousand, easily gets there. Um, I, I just I like the Ram Chiefs a little bit more because I think Mahomes is as good as it gets in the NFL. As, and nothing against golf in that team. I really like Mahomes. And the and the Rams show showed that they are very susceptible to the big play against the Saints. Yeah, I agree with you there. I think Tyreek Hill has a huge Me week. Too. Los I think Kareem Hunt get, gets loose in the passing game. Yeah. Um, you forget that they have Sammy Watkins. I like is he going to be available? I don't know. I have to check yeah. on that. Um but I, I do. I just like the Chiefs here, though. I got to tell you, I just have a feeling. Yeah, they are. I, I agree with you. I'm taking Kansas City. Yep. By the way, Mahomes is might be the best he best throw of the football I've ever seen. Um, yeah, yeah. Tight spiral. Oh my god, it's immense when he when he releases the ball. Most humans can't do what he can do. Um, and I mean, yeah. most humans can't do what most of these guys can do, man. Yep. Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, so by the pro athletes. Yeah, I, I think right now he is my MVP. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I got to tell you, he's my MVP. Who else would um, you throw up there? Who's who's who Greece. would you get your second and third place votes? So Gurley is second. Um, yeah, but I but the Fair thing enough. is, I think Kamara, the season third. Well, here's the thing, though, as the season wears on with Gurley, that offense is just so good. But 
as they lose guys with Cup is injury with Cup's injury. I I I, I think that shows how valuable he is. Third, I know no, I know how good Kamara is. I mean, he really he is a good player. Yeah. I think I sneak sneak Drew Brees third. I think, but I do think Kamara is right there. I think Rivers is starting to really drive himself up that list. Um, by the way, Andrew Luck might should probably deserve to win it. Just want to throw that out there because they're terrible without him. No, but I, I think um, I think Rivers. I think Kamara is up there as well. Um, and you know, the other guy, I can talk about a Thielen dropped off, but. Uh, it's a shame that the the uh, the Falcons are not playing great because Julio Jones is now he scored two touchdowns by the way big deal. If he were to score more touchdowns, he'd be an absolute wide receiver MVP candidate. He already yeah, has. I would agree. He already with that. has a thousand forty yards, my friend. I mean, he he has an outside chance of doing something wild. So just wanted to throw that out there. Um, anyway, so yeah, that, but I like I like going back. I like Mahomes. I like Gurley. I like Breeze. Now, what is yours? Yeah, I'd go. Yeah, Breeze is prop. Breeze is probably the saint you want to put in there. Um, I go Mahomes. Kamara's been great, though. I, I mean, I'm not Kamara's taking anything great. Away. He has had, but to be fair, he's had that. He's had a couple weak games against good defenses. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Redskins, one of those. Um, and the Saints won that game, and it was on the hands of Breeze. Uh, I, I'd go probably Mahomes, Breeze, Gurley. Okay. All right. I like that. I like that. Um, I just, I, I not, part of me is doing it because I want to, I don't want it to be just an only quarterback kind of thing. Um, so, but no, I like that a lot. I like that quite a bit. I mean, I also, you finish your point. I'll, I'll make my, uh, little anecdote. I was going to say great week of, of pro football in particular. Oh, huge, great Sunday, a great way for all of us Lehigh people to, uh, really, burn off the hangover, whether you continue the, the retox or you're just laying on your couch watching football at uh man, it's going to be fun. It a is great red. Zone day. Yes. Yes, it is. A Fantastic. Red zone, day. red zone day, particularly the one o'clock slate. Oh Eagles yeah. Fans in this case. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. No, the afternoon. I mean, yeah, you have the Eagles. Right. That's going to be high. No, no, I, I meant specifically for red zone reasons. though, as where I was. Oh, yeah. yeah. Cause no, I, I, I tuning in straight up. So, yeah, my what I was gonna say is I was looking at our fantasy league, and I wanted to offer you a trade, but we're past our trade deadline. I was gonna I offer Alvin Kamara for equity in your team. Equity, I like this idea a lot. I mean, yeah. I would definitely, you could definitely yeah. ship me, ship me Kamara whenever you'd like, because I'm having, I'm having some serious issues outside of my quarterback. Yeah, I'm looking at your running backs. Yeah, you could use. I'm dying uh, here. I'm, well, James Conner's a stud. Well, Breida's actually – so Breida's been really good. Yeah. I know. Breida really doused my hopes of a, of a oh, Monday night comeback. Yeah, well, you left Allen Robinson on the bench. That didn't help. Um, I, but you know, I did the math, though. There was no way that I could have yeah. overcome your your point total. Yep. Uh, I mean, but, well, I will tell you, we'll, 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 we'll bring this up. My starting running backs are James Conner and Matt Breida. Why? Because I drafted Le'Veon Bell and Jared McKinnon 1-2. They didn't really work out for me. So <laughs> I will tell you, this is one of my great that in that particular league, this has been one of my greatest fantasy seasons ever because I pulled a rabbit out of the hat. But long way to go. You're still in it. You're still fighting. Yeah, by uh, like a thread. I'm, I know. Uh, I mean, my my problem was, and this is um just the the ever 
unfortunateness of fantasy football. I know that's not a word. I had so many losses in the first five weeks. I think I was one in four where aside from one week where I put up like 60 points and just real, real bad performance. I had over 110 points in the other four weeks and I lost three of those matchups. Like, <laughs> and then it just was too deep of a hole. I think I won two. I think I won another game and then lost. I'm three and or no, I think I won two games and then lost three in a row. I know. I know. I'm three and seven now. Like I just got a. I thought I had a small hope and. Yeah. Well, here's what I'll tell you. So a couple things. Your points against is pretty strong. Uh, points yeah. four. Points four. Points four. Yeah. You you should be you should be a couple games better, but I would tell you this: you are still better. Than Jared, yeah, intern Yari. Uh, By the way, do you know? Man. Do you know we apparently have home and away games? And even though it literally is irrelevant, Jared is zero and five at, at home fantasy games. I don't know what that means, but I love it. Yeah, it's pretty nuts. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah. We uh we should have a like an intervention podcast next next summer where it's you, me, and Alan talking to Jared. Like almost like, like almost like a like a makeover show, but for like Jared fantasy wise. Like we enter him in three, public league and we like three quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah. We enter him in a public league and we we show him how to properly like put a team together. Here's what you look for. <laughs> I also want no, to explore the idea. Jared, no, no, we don't want that. Because then we don't yeah, get to beat so. him. <laughs> yeah. It's a good thing he doesn't listen to this. Especially it probably tunes out at the end. Uh, if he does, but um, yeah, we just rip him I also shreds. want to explore just because we're talking about this and let us know what you think in the comments. I know talking about fantasy teams is always a, a weird t- subject because nobody really gives a shit and it's, you know, everybody sucks at fantasy football basically. Um, except for one kid that I used to work with that won a million dollars on DraftKings. He's the only person that I can actually say is, has the money to back up being good at fantasy football. There you um, go. Yeah, we, I want to explore the super flex. I read about that in the off season. That's basically it. The super flex, you can play any position into it and effectively makes you a two quarterback league, but it makes both bye week hell and drafting so much more intriguing because it puts such a premium on drafting a quarterback early and then getting your second quarterback. Oh, so much earlier rather than drafting a backup and, you know, a double digit round. And because of the fact that you probably will carry, you're probably only carrying two quarterbacks and playing them both every week. It then makes your bye week so much more intriguing. And it also helps with some of the, the skill of running your uh, running the waiver wire a little bit. I know you and I have talked about how your dad's league has a required minimum number at each position that you have to hold on to for that purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, but just making rewarding players for being more active and, and using strategy rather than, you know, hoarding players. Um, what we're talking about with Jared is he has three quarterbacks. He, he, I honestly think he's been in our league for four years and I think he's had Ben Roethlisberger every single year and he's drafted him in like the fourth round. He's had, he has, I think has had Tom Brady in three of the four years. The one year was where Kyle, whose name is Brady's Revenge, won the league, which was last year, and he had mm-hmm. Tom Brady. That's Brady's Revenge. And I think he had, I think he's gotten Tom Brady in like the the next round. And it's he hoards both of them. This year he has Mitch Trubisky, uh-huh. who I don't know if he drafted him or if he just picked him up after week one. 
Uh, but still having three quarterbacks, you can't like the hoarding of players. I just don't like because then when you're actually making the strategic decisions, like I had Joe Flacco as a backup for a while, just in case Aaron Rodgers went down and have, and I have to make strategic decisions to drop him. Uh, you know, it's, it's, and this isn't picking on Jared. It's not picking on anyone else that does these sort of things. You know, that's part of the, re- you know, that's part of the, the laissez-faire freedom of not having position restrictions, um, you know, at, in, on an economic standpoint, but it's it, it it rewarding players for being more active managers. I think is a way to take some of the randomness out of fantasy football, since so much of it is luck that your player doesn't get hurt, that you don't have a lady on Bell situation or whatever. I just think rewarding the activeness, since you have to do what Matt did what you did where you had two guys, one guy goes down and another guy just doesn't show up and, you know, pick your, pick yourself up by your bootstraps and be active. And you're doing that. I mean, you had a three game losing streak, but you're still, are you tied for first now? Or are you still uh, in no, second place? One behind Dan. One behind, still the one behind. Yeah. But still, I mean, you were in first place. You had a three game losing streak. So you fell out of it, but you're still very soundly in our playoffs that I think, what do we have four weeks left until the playoffs? Not even three weeks. Uh, maybe. Yeah. I th- it's week 11. I think it's might be like no, three week weeks. Yeah, it's week 10. 11. Yeah. So we, yeah, we have 11. We have a week 11, week 12, week 13. Yeah. So three weeks left. Yep. There you That's go. The Coming up. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be exciting. Week 14. Yeah. It's going to be exciting though. That's why we do fantasy. Um, as we wrap up here, Sixers down one, about a minute left. So I'm going to, I'm excited here. Let's hop on, see what happens. They got blitzed a little bit by our – oh, sorry, they're tied up. Excuse me. 106-106 um, with 37 seconds left, my friend. Here we go, baby. So here let we go. Let us see. Can Jimmy Butler deliver it? But Jordan had a great time tonight. Um, a love great podcast. Football. Love talking football with you. Excited to see what happens Saturday. Oh, yeah. Um, and we'll go from there. Absolutely, man. Yeah, I'm glad we got to a uh, little bit more of a long form chat from us, uh, throwing it back to, to you know the earlier parts. We had a little more time to to flex yeah. ourselves here. So uh, yeah, nice one. Yes. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Make sure you follow us along on Twitter, ThunderBLG, on Thunderbug Sports, on Instagram, where you can check out where either one of us at games. Matt's been doing a fantastic cleanup job at Flyers games. I'm getting better. Right. The apprentice is working on becoming the master, my friend. <laughs> You've so. done well. I'm still waiting for uh, a good, some good ones from the Eagles. I know that's a little, uh, there's a little more creativity on your end. I know uh, you can be, you have a little bit of the. Uh, I'm trying to think of a movie director, and I fucked up there. Uh, a Christopher Nolanness to you of picking and choosing your shots. There you go. Uh, I'll work on it. <laughs> I don't know Just if that's process. right or not. But. <laughs> Just a process. Uh, but, yeah, let's go Sixers. Let's go Eagles. Let's go Flyers. Hopefully uh, Bryce Harper gets announced to the Phillies by the time we're chatting next week. Matt. That'd be great. That'd be great. And let's go Let's go Lehigh. Fuck Lafayette. Yeah, Thanks I for love listening. It. I love it. Have a good weekend.